that's like the shit we used to do like back in the day to, t- to keep up with the cool kids it's like yeah. you would just lie and said you had oh, something you, you lie you you and then you find that one kid lying. who actually that one kid who actually does have it and he starts like honing in on you and he starts talking to you about it and you're like yeah totally and you're like i'm so out of my depth i, I was lying to everybody i don't really have i don't i don't really have a, a super yeah. nintendo and then you just run to the bathroom and cry. i was just making yeah i was just yeah. making this up <laughs> <laughs> he's fucking on to me he fucking knows you know <laughs> none of these other kids fucking know because they don't have it but he actually has it yeah i'm fucked yeah you're fucked now <laughs> yeah you thought he, he thought you're gonna be best friends yeah but then, you know. i didn't realize he had i didn't realize he had the sega genesis 32x <laughs> i don't really have one 32x <laughs> I, i've been pretending to have one yeah hey can we come over and play your 32x oh no you know my my mom she's she's been real sick you know she's got cancer yeah <laughs> no one's allowed <laughs> She only, just, she only lets me have it you just have after to, 9 p.m. You just had to like make up these lies <laughs> so that people would think you were cool. Yes. I kind of miss those days, though. It was simple. Like just These were simple times. Just try to be cool. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. Let's start the show. Welcome to Super Movie Brothers. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Dave. I'm your host, Super Movie Brother Jay. And this is episode 237. Don't know why I'm saying that because I never numbered the episodes anyway. It doesn't really matter much. But we only got one fucking thing to talk about today. And that is... The Mandalorian, obviously. You hear the music playing. So, yes. The Mandalorian has wrapped up. Now, um, so we, I mean, this week it's going to be a bit of a lighter week. It's the week of Christmas. So, we're going to be doing our Mandalorian review, spoilers and Easter eggs. And then we are going to come back later on in the week, early next week, for our Wonder Woman uh, 84 review mm-hmm. as me and Jay are preparing to do our top five of 2020 list the following week. And let me tell you, that is a chore and a fucking half. It is, and it's it makes you realize it was a really weak year. It's re- so it's. I mean, I, obviously, I've right, loved dude. some movies this but, year, but then like I watch it, I look. Yeah, I'm, but I didn't really love. Yeah, I'm looking back movies. on my list, and I was like, "Is that a top five movie?" And I was like, "Well." top five in 2020 you know what i mean <laughs> exactly and it's such a shame yeah. but then then you it, know it brings up the question of um a lot of people are like all these awards movies aren't coming out until january february here's what it's, it's like. still considered under 2020 it's like it's like rating the looks of people at work like when you go to work you're, you're just like look in work they're a 10 but outside of work they're like a six or a seven you oh, know yeah. what i mean oh, yeah. i know that <laughs> That, that's I've been what, there. That's what 2020 is for movies. Sure, you know, you're sure. just you've just been around you've just been around them so much that you're just kind of like you know you'll do. I know in it's the true. copy room for a few minutes. That's just it's true. Let's go get it in. <laughs> it's so true. That's all 2020 has been. It's been a grab bag of of movies where it's like I heard this was good. Where'd you hear that? I don't know. Somewhere. I, I, I'm just gonna rent it for a couple bucks and watch it. Turns out it was okay. <laughs> You know, and it's like no movie has like wowed you no. or wowed me. No, not at all. And a movie that's on like a lot of people's list, which we'll talk about then, 
obviously didn't wow us if you listen to to our reviews for right. it and stuff like that. Right. And it's just like I, there's a few movies like that. It's the, a the, weird the, the, year. A lot of the big ones, and and you know, I, I unfortunately don't have too many high expectations with upcoming films as well coming out soon yeah. um, that are you know highly anticipated. So I, I'm I'm on the fence. I'm really I'm really upset. You know, I yeah. mean, I, I'm I'm really jonesed about talking about some weird niche movies that are going to be in my top five that a lot of people probably haven't seen. Oh, I listed all mine. However, out that I have right now. My wife was like, "Those are all horror movies." And I was like, well, "Fuck it, that's what I liked this year." Yeah, <laughs> no, and that's fine because guess yeah. what? It is what it is, and it's <laughs> all year, subjective. This year has been has been a horror show as it it's is. Your already. favorite list? It's, it's not my, the top. It's true. It's not the top. And, and it's and not it's saying these are the best. The same thing, you know. It's my top five favorite films. Just saying these are my fucking jam this year. Exactly. You know? It's what works, man. So gets look, you off. Look forward to that uh, coming just after the first yeah. week of January. Me and Jerry will be getting into that, but without any further delay, Jay. This past week we got gobsmacked. By the Mandalorian uh, season two finale, and it's left us with a lot of questions of what's to come after. But before we get into all that, let's get into our review of the Mandalorian season two. So a little bit that that you guys may not know, me and Jay actually did a breakdown for episodes one and two, which wound up not making it to air because A, the audio for it was fucking awful. I'm not sure if I explained this before, but like me and Jay recorded this episode and I was using my my PC video game headphones uh, that day to, to talk to Jay. Uh, but I was using our recording microphone to record my voice, and then all of a sudden, uh, the the program that we use for recording the episode decided to switch halfway through that segment to my video game headphones, which the microphone was pointed up. It wasn't in front of my mouth. It was up on top of my head. So our car And you could barely understand a fucking word that I was saying. So that episode never made it to air. So rather than go back and like redo that episode or do episode breakdowns of each and every single one of the Mandalorian episodes, we decided like, fuck it. It's going to come to an end soon enough. And we'll talk about it then. Now, obviously, if you're a massive Star Wars fan, most of the stuff we're going to discuss after our review for the spoilers and Easter eggs and stuff like that, you, you you've already heard a million times in us in other places. But if you're if you're not that into Star Wars, if you're if you're a bit of a Star Wars layman like Jay is, mm-hmm. then some of this you might find interesting. Mm-hmm. But you know, let's 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 get into it, Jay. Season two kicks us off not exactly right where season one left off but you know close enough to it that we can tell that not all that much time has passed and you know dindajaran and the child are essentially searching for other mandalorians hoping that those mandalorians can lead them to jedi uh and the first episode when that when that came out 
That was such a fun Western homage to to you know the the Magnificent Seven. Oh yeah, uh, you know the uh, the old spaghetti westerns, but also an homage to a lot of Akira Kurosawa stuff. And it felt very Star Wars. It felt very Mandalorian, but it was also taking us in uh, not a new direction. It was broadening its direction. Like that's a, that's the one thing I realized. Like season two did, where season one was a nice introduction to the Mandalorian. We got to know the character. We got to know his sure. side of the world a little sure. bit. This season was just like, all right, cool. Now you got your footing. Let's just. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Yeah, you know, let's just let's just go wide with it. It's a whole new world. But you know, I think it also introduced a, a, a hopefully a new character that was a big fan favorite, played by Timothy Oliphant. Oliphant, who we, ex- we love. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into him a little and bit. Perhaps we'll see him again down the line. I hope so. Um, I hope so. I, I mean, don't know whether it'll be in this series or one of the nine other series that were announced, <laughs> 10 uh, other series that were announced. I, I'm I'm rather certain that he's going to pop yeah. up somewhere. Again. I hope so. You don't get a Timothy Oliphant no. to just use him for one and, for, for a one and done thing. Done thing. Come on. Come yeah. on. Look at that guy. Although, Jeez. if me and Timothy Oliphant had to have a one and done thing, I mean, I'd take it. Sure. If I could. Sure. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I mean. I, I I want more. He wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Come on. Now, uh, but no, he he does he does show up in that in that first episode. But yeah, that, that that's one of the things like I realized like throughout throughout this entire season. Like it's like there are a lot of Easter eggs and deep cut Star Wars stuff in here. But you don't sandworms. Yeah. <laughs> you ever been to the moons of Saturn? Tell me something. Sandworms. You hate them, right? <laughs> Uh, but no, so like, but no, they 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 did a they did a great job of just broadening this world and it, it, it somehow making it so deep into Star Wars lore without alienating, you know, the viewers like you. Yeah, sure. And like they they really they, they really did a great job of of bringing it down. But they also they simplify it. You yeah, know, absolutely. It's, it's it's a it's a it's a mission. Right. But if you missed it, it like if, if you missed you know let's say R five D four, that means nothing to you. It means absolutely nothing. But I see R five D four and I go fucking dope. Like that's yeah. awesome. It's awesome. Yeah. To see so you're R5 like D4. oh, kind of yeah. looks cool. Oh, okay. Or, yeah. or whatever. Like, it, it doesn't matter. But like, for me, is- I'm literally losing my mind. Sure. <laughs> because it's it's fucking cool. But I mean, they, they also, I, they definitely broadened the action this year. Like they really, they really scaled everything up. Up and they tried, tried to vary the scenes and vary the action and, and try to sprinkle it in where it's not the same old same yeah, old every, every single episode every episode was now it did not work for me for example for like episode two and three i believe see episode two when i went back and rewatched it because i just rewatched it this this past weekend uh like i watched the whole series again but like episode two was like it's like your 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 aliens right like it's 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 a bit of an action thriller and it's yeah, you know, it, it's it's very simple. Survive and, and stuff like that. Right. They they definitely spread out their homage a little bit more this season than they did the first season. The yeah. first season was was very much spaghetti western, but this yeah. time around they definitely played with that they're formula stretching. a little bit. They're, yeah, yeah they're, they're stretching, and and they have to. You, you can't just only do the same fucking thing. Oh, absolutely, every episode. absolutely. And they did they did a, they did a great job of of just really taking story points 
and and starting to connect dots mm-hmm. to things that we are aware of. And one of the things like I realized that they're doing is very like, important. It seems like a lot of what they're doing here is going towards fixing the sequel trilogy, like in a way that people yeah, are very unhappy I know with. You definitely feel that way. I obviously really can't comment on that, but I you know, either way, you can technically do that and you wouldn't even do the show a disservice no like you know the mandalorian can do anything almost this this the way the show is set up from season one and even with season two uh going throughout there are so many different things that you could technically course correct in the whole grand scheme of things like ass backwards oh absolutely it's phenomenal and if you're disney why wouldn't you try to course correct i mean there's certain things that obviously need to be done but but one of the things that like I really liked was like in the first season when he met new new characters they they just kind of like became part of of the show you know like he he uses them he comes back and yeah, and, and, and yeah. they become they become helpers they're sidekicks they're they're side characters and stuff this season when he met a new character they somehow did something to broaden the Mandalorian did the Jaren. They they did they brought something to the table that broadened an aspect of his character. Like we meet other Mandalorians and we find out that not all Mandalorians are are like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We are, we 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 meet force sensitive people who who are are, are you know I, again broaden an aspect of of his of his thought process of his relationship with the child and and bring it to to a new light. So they they really took this season where like we int- we got to know the character in the first season and then they did so much in each episode this season to kind of deconstruct what we knew of Din Djarin and and kind of show that that change in him as it grows throughout the season. Exactly. And the Mandalorian himself, you know, well, that, developing and learning. That is Din Djarin is the Mandalorian. <laughs> They're one of the same. They're the same guy. <laughs> They're the same guy. See, guys, we're proving a point here. <laughs> Jay, Jay doesn't. I don't know shit. He doesn't know shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they say his name a few times in the show, but yeah, that's Doesn't his mean name. it's going to stick. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's his name. That's his name. Whatever. And, we, we, not, and again, it's not going to stick again. And we, and we got to know a little bit more. We got to know a little bit more about Baby Yoda, the child, and stuff like that. They definitely broadened his story because yeah. now we have an understanding of who he was prior to the Mandalorian, where, where he was prior to the Mandalorian. Yeah. And finding him and kind of a little bit of his life and everything like that and kind of a, a bit of of his character as well which is weird to say that a character that literally has zero speaking lines was was developed throughout this season the child yeah the child so adorable one of my favorites i mean it's in a later episode i think it's episode um seven or six but has a scene and he just tips over on the side i'm like oh <laughs> it's like a wide shot of it i'm like oh my god it's so adorable they definitely did a lot to kind of add more animation to him yes. like he felt he yes. felt very much like a, a lot of screen time still. like a head in a sack in the first season you know mm-hmm. what i mean like he's there he's in the background they they, they animate him enough to do something cute and stuff and yeah. that's all he was he was standing a lot more he was more interactive he had some uh, a running gag with a ball for example yeah. you know like things like Which that comes sprinkled back. in yeah it's, it's great it's great and that's a lot of stuff that they did really well in this season too they brought up stuff from from last season that almost seemed like throwaway stuff like it's it's an interesting little little tidbit to know and then we get to this season and it's like far more important than you thought that that thing was going to be it's true yeah it's absolutely true and it just you know it, it goes to show that like uh they really have uh, you know that 
at least the the right creative team for this show going on over there at, at Disney Plus. I mean, it's not it's tough to to really talk about this without getting into like why it's so good without spoiling it. And I'd like to think that like most of the people who are listening to this, to this non spoiler part of the review, probably are just waiting for us to get to to the spoilers and stuff like that and, and, and talk about that stuff. And, and, and we will get there. But uh, Jay, did you have like a favorite episode this season before we uh, give our score for Mandalorian season two? That's hard to say because I think for a while I was thinking, how can you beat episode one? Because it yeah. was just, you know, very fun and very light and very simple of a premise. And yeah. as much as I do like that, I think it's a it, it, it is a bit of a toss up between um, the final episode, I think. Okay, and, and and I know that's a little controversial. Yeah, the final um, episode for me was a whole lot of "Can you believe this shit?" Like th- that's what I felt like the final episode was a lot of. And I don't right. get me wrong, my mind was blown. I, I really liked it. I think but. you know, like I go back to I you know in years past, I was saying like I, I want more Star Wars, and I got more. I got a nice dose of like actual star wars or at like, least some star battles <laughs> that's what i mean like like a fight in the in fucking space and i want to i want to see that more yeah. and 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 i saw a, you know a nice dose of that in the last episode but also some some fun stuff what's crazy is all um, the stuff you want from star wars is there it's just an animated series and you refuse to watch them i just well, I, I wouldn't be able to stay awake i'll fall asleep <laughs> it's all there i have zero interest in i don't know if you know 99 of animation but there's a star wars show that takes place in the Star Wars universe that is literally called Clone Wars. They are wars in the stars. <laughs> they right. are Star Wars. There's space battles. Yeah. There's battles on planets. There's, but it's animated. There's, there's big it. sprawling battles. I'm not going to get into it. There's, I, I want to feel like I'm in space, David. I won't feel like that. They're in Watch space. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. Shut up. But when they're in space <laughs> in Star Wars, it's not real space. To me, it is. It's supposed to be. I want to feel like I'm in space, Star David. Wars isn't making gravity. God damn it. <laughs> they're not making Ad Astra. They're, they're making a fantasy world that takes place no. sometimes in space. Okay, they're talking about fictional characters. Fictional characters. Am I, am I getting through to you at all? In a galaxy far, far away, David. That's right. And and but it was the same when when someone like you was like there's just not enough wars in in Star Wars and it's like I don't, there's a whole thing called Clone Wars which is literally yeah that, all about it's, battles it's not the same that, so not it the same. it is the same no, it's not, just not visually not for me <laughs> no not gonna work not gonna uh, and that's why you, you'll never change I mean no. for, <laughs> for, for me looking back like what, what, when I think about like th- this season as a whole if I had to say like what's my favorite episode. It's still the first episode. I yeah, th- I, I don't blame you. I think that first episode was was a really nice marriage of of taking the show forward and and giving us a new direction while still dropping a you know, a bombshell at the end of it. But it also gave us so many like moments that were very memorable and stuff. And and it, it was it, it, fun. You know, if I wanted, fun, if there was fun. like if there was an episode where someone's like, you know, I'm not sure if I'm into the Mandalorian. Like, what what's it like? And I would like. Just watch this episode. Oh yeah, I, that's a perfect episode. Because perfect like, episode. it's th- this is what the Mandalorian is, and and I I think that one just embodied like the mixture of what the first season uh, was and what the second season was going to be. Uh, now I mean you know I still love Chapter sixteen, the final episode and stuff like that. I still yeah you know, there, there's there's things that I loved in each and every episode, and I yeah. thought all of them had had great had great moments and and everything sure. like that, but. 
if I if I thought about like when I look, there was an episode that right, was when I episode, look back at yeah. like look when this show is is said and done, and I look back at episodes and I was like, what what's the episode that embodied the spirit of what the Mandalorian was the most? It's it's I, chapter nine. I, I it's I the agree. first episode I of season agree. six, and it's a great episode to um, kickstart your excitement to actually rewatch the whole series, perhaps. Yeah, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, Jay, what's your score on this uh, on season two uh, of the whole season? Definitely a solid A. Okay, I would definitely give it a solid A. I mean, I, you know where I'm at. It's not hard. It's A plus, baby. Oh, it's A plus. This is well. I mean, this is the best show that's out there right no, now. No, I know, but like I said, there was a, definitely a couple episodes that I did not like, and I could, I, I was not into whatsoever. I well, it was maybe, very dull. Maybe if you heard some of the backstory between some of the little tidbits that you uh, that you weren't picking up on yeah. because of your lack of fandom. Yeah. So I, be prepared, people, for you know another forty minutes of yeah. just Dave speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I find your lack of faith disturbing. All right, Jay, let's get into our spoilers. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. All right, so episode one kicks us off. Uh, you know, right off the bat with the Mandalorian looking for other Mandalorians, mm. and he comes in to contact with a guy who's played by John Leguizamo, and he seems uh, to have an idea of of where he can go to find Mandalorians. But he also knows that the person that he is traveling with, uh, the 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 child, is uh, wanted. Both of them are. So he tries to collect the bounty, and boy, does he regret doing that. Uh, <laughs> and one of the cool things about that scene was seeing Gamorrean guards fight each other mm-hmm. with vibro axes and stuff like that. We never got to see Gamorrean guards do anything except get choked out by Luke Skywalker <laughs> and die in Return of the Jedi. Uh, in that same episode, that that's what leads Din Djarin to Tatooine. Uh, this is where he sees R5-D4, uh, and as he's, as he's getting information for where he can find this supposed Mandalorian who is on Tatooine. Hmm. Uh, R5-D4 is the droid that had a bad motivator that blew in Star Wars A New Hope. And we can see here even the, the droid itself has a scar, has like a burn mark right where his motivator blew. It's R2 unit has a bad motivator, look! Hey, what are you trying to push on us? All that time ago in 1977. And then we get to meet Cobb Vanth, who is, you know, who you and I just can't get enough of timothy oliphant he is a uh he is a man who is who's acting as marshal of a small town on tatooine and he is from the books he's from star wars aftermath uh, and he came across boba fett's armor which they retell that story from aftermath all but a little differently here where he purchased the armor from jawas on the sandcrawler came back and took his town back from the mining guild and uh sure, attempting to use it for good right and he's been he's been known as the marshal ever since uh and he does come across the mandalorian and of course the mandalorian wants that armor back because he's not a true mandalorian so sure he'll give it back to him if he helps him kill a crate dragon which was fucking Damn. awesome yeah i mean so uh, for, for those of you who don't know we have gotten crate dragons in star wars before um the the call that obi-wan kenobi uses to scare the tuscan raiders away in a new hope from luke skywalker's lifeless and uh, you know unconscious body was a crate dragon call 
there's a moment where the droids are walking across the desert and there's a skeleton that's there that's supposedly supposed to be a crate dragon however it must have been a baby one because what we see here is a crate dragon is fucking massive and uh, a new aspect of the creature that we hadn't seen before in Star Wars is that it is a subterranean dweller. It goes underground. Yeah. And it works a lot like a graboid I from think, Tremors. I think we, right, and I think we have a good idea of the possibilities of what Dune's going to look like with the sandworms, you know, and I think the technology, and I think with this yeah. episode, it looked really, really good. I think that was definitely an homage to Doom, and you'll see, like, throughout this season that, like, they love playing homages to, to other oh, of course. things yeah. uh, like that. Uh, but, uh, so, we, we get to see the crate dragon and when the crate dragon is finally dispatched there is a pearl inside of it that the that the tuscan raiders all hold up and they're all like yay yay and they're going and they're making tuscan raider noises uh that pearl is something that appeared in knights of the old republic when you killed the crate dragon you could actually take a piece of the pearl that was inside of its stomach because it travels underground which means it swallows a lot of sand its stomach works the sand into a pearl just like it would if it was a clam living in the sand mm-hmm. and the uh mm-hmm. or or a oyster living in the sand in the ocean uh Cobb vanth has a speeder in this episode that speeder jay is none other than young anakin skywalker's pod racer engine pretty dope because nothing dope. beats pod racing now this is pod racing and then of course the big bombshell of episode one jay the return of the man just trying to make his way in the galaxy Boba Fett. Boba Fett. I fucking I when that happened, it was it was such an obvious like like little teaser, but at the same time, yeah. I was still like, fucking A. <laughs> you know? I yeah, and I I knew you're gonna lose your mind. I mean, and he's still being played by Timora Morrison, who played sure. Django Fett. So obviously, if he was a clone of him, he would, you know, it would be the same guy. Yeah, rest in peace, Jeremy Bullock. But we weren't able to get him back for this. I would have, I would have liked to have seen him in some sort of like cameo in The Mandalorian. And maybe he is. Maybe I've just missed it. But Boba Fett coming back was was one of those things like that. That's the thing like Star Wars fans have always talked about. Like, if you read the books, you read the comic books, and everything like that. You've known Boba Fett survived, but there's never been that level of confirmation from Star Wars proper. You know, after all that stuff was erased when Disney took over, it was kind of up in the air. But like, you got this book aftermath where they talk about that Cobb Vanth gets Boba Fett's armor, and it's like you think like, well, if Boba Fett's armor made it out of the Sarlacc pit. That means Boba Fett made it out of the Sarlacc pit, right? Mm-hmm. But we never got any confirmation of it. And now they finally gave it to us in such glorious fashion. Then we get to the episode, Jay, where they go to the ice planet. And this is the same ice planet that was in uh, the first episode of The Mandalorian ever when we got introduced to The Mandalorian. It's just a different part of it. And uh, we get to see Trapper Wolf again, played by Dave Filoni, who plays the X-Wing pilot, one of the two X-Wing pilots that wind up rescuing him. And this is where we get our alien or aliens homage with the eggs all cracking open and stuff like that. I I, I had a tough time staying awake for this episode, man. Really? I could not get into it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Um, But, you know, I will admit, as far as like episodes for this season go, it's a low point. It's it's, it's a high low point, but it's still a low point Mm -hmm. where it doesn't really advance the story a whole lot um it's really just the mandalorian playing survivor in a survival horror situation and that's exactly i think what they wanted to do by paying homage to alien and aliens yeah i i get it i understand it just for me it didn't work 
and I just was not into it. Well, big things happen in the next episode, uh, episode three, chapter eleven, which was entitled "The Heiress," because they go to a they go to an estuary moon known uh, of tra- as Trask, where it is basically inhabited by Mon Calamari and Quarren. They all inhabit the same planet, Mon Cala, and it's an entire planet, essentially, or moon made of water. And the Mandalorian meets Bo-Katan, which, you know, to you, it's Katie Sackhoff. To me, Bo-Katan was a major player in not so much Clone Wars, but Rebels. Mm. And we find out that she was the previous <clears throat> owner of the Darksaber, who, which is now owned by Moff Gideon, sure. and she lost it to Moff Gideon, and she's on a mission to recover it. Yeah. And the Mandalorian's going to add a little bit of help in there as long as she's helping him. Yeah. And we'll yeah. come back to Bo-Katan later on. This is also where we got Mercedes Vega, uh, also known as the WWE wrestler Sasha Banks. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was playing a Mandalorian, not the Mandalorian that we all thought it was going to be right. earlier on. It was not Sabine Wren. And then we we do find out at the end of that episode that if the Mandalorian's looking for a Jedi to train his his young ward, the child, he's going to have to find Ahsoka Tano, and he gets the coordinates for where Ahsoka Tano is. But the next episode, Jay, is a pit stop, because we're going back to Navarro, mm-hmm. and we're going to join back up with Cara Dune and Grief Karga, two characters from the for, from the first season. And this this episode has a lot of fun Easter eggs. There, there, there is some fun stuff. In, in the beginning, like when he's walking through the town, when he's walking through that town in Navarro, and he's and he's meeting up with Cara Dune and Grief Karga, and they're kind of walking around. They're showing all the improvements they've done after the Empire was kicked off the planet. We get to see uh, a statue in the background that is basically commemorating and memorializing IG-11. I am IG-11. I am this child's nurse droid and require that you remind him to me immediately. A nurse droid? I thought it was a hunter. Aren't IGs usually hunters? Yeah, well, evidently this one's a nurse. It's like a Watini's character because he essentially was the savior of the town, right? He comes blazing in on the speeder, blasts all the Imperials away and everything like that. And they, they put up a statue of him out there in town square. Which I absolutely loved, and then of course uh, the the big w- one of the things that I truly loved in this episode, one of the Easter eggs, is we see a troop transport that uh, is on this Imperial base, this Imperial remnant base that is still on Navarro, and that troop transport Jay was never in the original trilogy. In fact, the only place it ever it ever existed was when Kenner at the time in the in the seventies and eighties had the toy license. They ran out of things to make, pretty much. Before Empire Strikes Back came out. So they were told, we'll just make something. So they made this troop transport that I believe it never actually went into. Which makes pr- sense. Because right. you, you, know, you obviously would need You got to get troops around somehow exactly. if you don't have uh, uh, an AT-AT. Exactly. But uh, yeah, so it was- it's a very it was, good idea, log- yeah. like a logical idea. But know? it never made it into the films and it, it never really went into production and stuff like that. But they, they threw a little nod here, which it just goes to show that Essentially, the Mandalorian is Dave Filoni and John Favreau playing with toys. Like that's that's what this series is. Yeah, it's it, them remembering their childhood, and they're doing it with quality, you know. And they're making quality film, and they're making quality stories and quality characters, and they're and they're you know marrying that up with the Star Wars world, you know, and having fun with it. 
and it's great fun. And, you know, stuff like that, those little Easter eggs, those little things like that, what you just said is something that you can get off on and I can get off on just because I like the way the ship is and I've never seen it before. And it makes sense, you know? Yeah. Um, Stuff like that's, you know, it's exciting. And then, of course, this is the episode, Jay, where we find out that they were using Baby Yoda for his M count. They never say the word, but obviously they're referring to midichlorians uh, from the, the, the prequel trilogy. What are midichlorians? Midichlorians are a microscopic life form that resides within all living cells. Without the midichlorians, life could not exist, and we would have no knowledge of the Force. And we find out that they are using him to infuse clones with force sensitivity. We're not sure what these clones are, but all signs are essentially pointing to Emperor Palpatine, who we know was a clone in The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And we also know that Snoke was a strand cast. He was essentially created in a lab. He was a clone of something that was infused with force ability and controlled by Palpatine. So it could be one of those two things that they are making. And this is, of course, where Cara Dune is given a badge by the X-Wing pilot who's in, who's investigating the Outer Rim. And he and he, he drops a line, which will probably become important later on when we get into uh, Rangers. And I, I said this when, when me and Duty were breaking things down. He, you know, that, that X-Wing pilot tells Cara Dune, you know, a lot of people back in the New Republic don't believe, you know, most of the stories that are coming out about here. But there's something going on in the Outer Rim. And someone needs to figure out what's going on. And he kind of like drops this line that like, there is some nefarious activity going on out there. And we're not quite sure what it is. They also show us the Dark Troopers in this episode. Yeah. Dark Troopers first made their appearance in a video game called Dark Forces way back in the early 90s. And they were men in suits. And later on, they'll drop a nod to the Dark Troopers when they when they say that they've had three different iterations. Well, it's a sexy name, too. So I think, you know, right. anybody who's going to anybody's going to get excited to see the Dark Troopers. Well, I you're mean, not going to sounds evil. You're not going to fear the stormtroopers, right? Like, or I mean, or if you even call them like super stormtroopers, because they're still just stormtroopers, right? In the end, they still can't hit the broadside of a barn. Pew, pew, yeah, pew, exactly. Pew, they're just pew. men, and they're not wearing beskar. Therefore, you know they can't stand it up against the Mandalorian. Yeah. But when you see these guys, and they say it's the third iteration, and they are essentially super robot battle robots, essentially that are unfeeling and they are terminators. They essentially never yeah. stop coming. Yeah. That is scary. And yeah. and they gave them a very menacing look and it worked really well. I agree. And then Jay, the episode that made everybody fucking lose their mind. This episode was just simply called Chapter 13, The Jedi. It was foretold that you would be here. Our long-awaited meeting has come at last. Revenge is not the Jedi way. I am no Jedi. After leaving Navarro and and destroying the Imperial based on there, thus eventually- This was a big one. This is yeah. probably my third favorite, yeah. finally, I would say. Finally freeing uh, you know, Navarro of all Imperial control. Sure. He, he travels to a planet- uh, a forest planet, which is no longer a forest planet. It has been essentially strip mined. You know, the entire forest is, it looks like it's just been completely leveled. And there is a lone Jedi. The episode doesn't even start with the fucking Mandalorian, essentially. It starts with this Jedi. 
Yeah, it's it's a sexy episode. You know, it's a very I I want to say it's like sensual almost. Like it's very alluring. It's very creepy. Yeah, and you you you're 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 not sure exactly what's going on. And then you know when you reflect back on it, you know it's a very simple episode. You know, it's very contained. But there's so much nuance and there's so many things within the town and the townies and right. and the premise of it all. And it's it's a beautiful, um, beautiful episode. Well done. And well, then you get a lot from a lot of information. Ton, this is ton an info dump. of information dumped on this episode on top of that. So that's why this was definitely a strong top three uh, favorite episode for me. Throughout this, also uh, this in this season. series, where I mean, obviously we're we're, we're dealing with Star Wars. We, we 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 haven't seen Jedi in this at all, and now we're seeing one. Of course, one. I know, and one that we've never seen on screen before. Really, that you've never seen. Shut up. Yeah, <laughs> that <laughs> you've never seen. Yes, <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. I would love to show you at least the last four episodes of of Clone Wars no, with good. Ahsoka Tano. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> I think you'd like it. Ahsoka Tano versus Darth Maul. On Mandalore, you get a whole lot of Mandalorian lore along with it. I think you'd like it. But you know, what one of the really things like as you were talking, I realized like episode episode one, well, chap chapter chapter nine, when they start off, that is a western. When by the time we get to chapter thirteen, the Jedi, this is a samurai movie. This is Akira Kurosawa. Yes, thank you, thank you. Perfect. That's yeah. that's exactly well what well it said. is. Well said. Um, and and obviously we get introduced to Ahsoka Tano from Clone Wars. I don't think I really need to say much more than that. But one of the interesting things she she drops on us is she mentions that Grogu was uh, first off his name's Grogu. It's Baby Yoda, the child. Grogu. He prefers the name Grogu, and when sure. you say his name, he, his ears perk up, and he gets all happy, and I fucking love it, and it just made me smile so much. I know. Um, but you find out that he survived uh, basically the the attack on the temple that was performed by Anakin, and she says that she refuses to train him because he has a lot of fear in him. He has a lot of fear, and he's attached to the Mandalorian, yeah. and she's seen what that level of fear and attachment can do to a Jedi. Mm. She says no more than that. Yeah. But yeah. you watching, you go like, oh. <sighs> <laughs> yeah could yeah. you could you imagine a little grogu walking around with a with a darth vader helmet and a fucking asthma attack <laughs> <laughs> with his tiny little lightsaber and he's just like <laughs> uh, 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 i'd watch it <laughs> and then of course she eventually comes uh to blows with with with, with the big bad guy in this episode uh magistrate morgan elsbeth and we find out something interesting about her not in this episode but from the creators that she is a dathomiri night sister and that is the same group of people that asajj ventures comes from and darth maul was a son of dathomir essentially dark side witches that all reside on this one planet that was completely destroyed during the clone wars by the separatists because they feared the power that the night sisters could wield uh with the dark side so she is a survivor of that and now she's serving a master who ahsoka names as thrawn she's looking for thrawn and for jay that means absolutely fucking nothing yeah where's thrawn 
It means everything to me. Thrawn was the main villain in Rebels. He was the main villain in the very first set of EU novels that took place after Return of the Jedi. Uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn's known as the Thrawn Trilogy. He's a brilliant tactician mm-hmm. uh, and, and battletician okay. who uh, essentially worked for the Empire in the Outer Rim and returned during the rise of the Rebellion to squash the Rebellion. So he did a lot of rim jobs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but no, he... he and he, he's he's brilliant. He knows his enemies better than anybody else. And what he's really good at doing is looking at the art of a people and understanding their battle tactics based on their art and stuff like that. Oh, okay. It's a very interesting, like like little aspect okay. of his character. That's interesting. But if you told me, like you know, Grand Moff Tarkin, nah, he's not really that scary. You know, uh, Darth Vader, look, he's. He's got the force. He chokes people. Sure. I get it. This dude can lead an armada and destroy an entire system in in under an hour. Like that's that's what this dude does. And it's pretty clear that Moff Gideon is more than likely working for Grand Admiral Thrawn at this point. Because if there's anyone who had the military prowess to take over the Empire after the Emperor was gone, it was this guy. And Ahsoka is looking for him. So when you find out that we're getting an Ahsoka Tano series. That's you know where we obviously are going because when we last saw Thrawn, he was getting exported to the Outer Rim by Ezra Bridger, the surviving Jedi of Rebels. So somewhere out in the Outer Rim is Thrawn and Ezra Bridger and Ahsoka is heading there. And we'll probably pick up with that storyline in the Ahsoka series. Uh, next, the Mandalorian goes to Tython, Jay. And while it's cool to see an old ancient Jedi temple and stuff like that, we saw that shit on Octo in The Last Jedi. What we have never seen, though, is... Boba Fett with a dad bod in his armor. That's what we've never seen. Boba Fett follows the Mandalorian here, and he basically challenges him to get his armor back, and he fucking steals his armor back and goes fucking ham on some fucking stormtroopers, Mm. and it's fucking glorious. It is. The choreography for this was just fucking beautiful fucking loved it yeah it was nice there, uh, there was a lot of good sequences this this I, season i said it when i was with duty when he puts on those knee pads and he comes out and he fires his weapon it seems like he's like out of every all of, all of his toys he's out of all of his toys he just drops his knee and bullets come flying out of his knee and kill two more stormtroopers and i was like i fucking knew that that's what they were always for when i played with him as a toy i always pretended that he would shoot shit out of his fucking knees because this dude was like everything on him is just made to fucking kill and maim and destroy and we got an entire minute long sequence i'm so happy for you (laughs) we spent the entire original trilogy with him doing nothing and then we spent an entire sequel trilogy at least waiting for like a mention that he's around and he's not there and then he finally shows up and he does a ton of cool fucking shit for like a minute straight he's just beating the shit and he's got a fucking dad bod while he does it yeah yeah man he's, he's it's inspiring to he's me <laughs> it's inspiring to me uh he even shows his uh to get his armor from the mandalorian without too much trouble he shows his he basically shows his uh his what, what he calls his data chain uh basically his entire timeline his chain code right, it shows that right. he is a descendant of Django fett yeah. who really has to prove himself right, who got his armor from jaster Marill, which this yeah. is all in eu stuff um but the really cool part for me is where he tells the mandalorian i'm just a simple man making my way through the galaxy that's that's exactly what Django fett said to obi-wan kenobi in attack of the clones it was all very cool but of course this is the episode that it ends with 
Grogu being taken after he sat on the seeing stone, calling out to another Jedi to come and rescue him. And like him. I said, one of the most adorable moments was when he just absolutely <laughs> tipped over on the side. He was he just so gets, tired and worn out. It, it takes a lot of he energy lo- to reach out nap. through. No, I know. I know. It takes yeah. a lot of energy to reach out through the cosmos, buddy. And it was, like, it was a pretty cool scene. Uh, so. Uh, in, in the next episode, we get basically a, you know, point A to point B, get the MacGuffin, get the information for where Moff Gideon's ship is and get out. We go on this planet, this mining planet where they are essentially just trying to infiltrate uh, an, uh, an Imperial base and they, yeah. they bring back Bill Burr's character of Mayfeld from, mm-hmm. from the first season who was mm-hmm. left in the prison. He's now in a chop yard, chopping up old Imperial, Imperial weapons and he gets taken on this mission and we find out that he is a former Imperial sniper uh, and he helps the Mandalorian break in. And while he's there, we find out that Mayfeld has a fucking heart. There's a conscience that beats below him. Yeah. And it's it, a good episode. It really was. Yeah. For Mayfeld, which it actually made me but want to see him more. It's an overall, it's a fun, solid um, episode. It's nothing special. Yeah. But there's a lot of fun. It's very watchable. It's a very watchable episode. I didn't like Bill Burr in season one. Right. After this, I was like, oh, they actually gave him a character arc. They gave him a reason. They there, gave him purpose. A lot, exactly. A lot more uh, meat to chew yeah. on this one because the, the, the yeah, you're right. The first season, it, it, there wasn't much there. And the thing that has uh, that has Mayfeld so butthurt is Operation Cinder, which we learn about in the Battlefront Two video game. Operation Cinder is to begin at once. Resistance, rebellion, defiance. These are concepts that cannot be allowed to persist. Operation Cinder was basically a contingency plan left by uh, Emperor Palpatine in the in his death that he would still control star systems by satellites that would use extreme weather to destroy them, essentially. They used it as kind of like an escape plan also while the rebels were going around trying to stop these satellites from operating. Imperial remnants would fly out to the outer rim and, and hide basically from from what would become the new republic and now jay we come to the final episode with just some of the biggest fucking shit known to man first off they get into a a tidarian class shuttle which uh they use to infiltrate endor in in return of the jedi well they use one here to infiltrate moff gideon's base keep your distance though chewy but don't look like you're trying to keep your distance i don't know fly casual this is where we get to see the true power of the dark troopers and i don't know if you noticed but like when din Djarin is fighting with the door to stop the the dark troopers from coming out and yeah. one gets out and it grabs the door yeah yeah that was almost shot for shot the t-1000 with the blade hands opening the, oh. closing the door open and i was like so if you wow. if you ever doubted that these things were essentially terminators here's your moment where it's right, like right right this is a terminator no it's 100 percent yeah and then we is. learn it about really the 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 dark saber and where the mandalorian wins it from moff gideon in hand-to-hand combat leading that was a fun fact leading bo-katan to now be like what the fuck are you doing with that yeah because she knows she knows what that means what's interesting about that is she was given the dark saber by sabine wren and she used it to lead the mandalorians only for her to lose it to the empire and to moff gideon later on Mm -hmm. which makes me think that she doesn't want to accept it from the mandalorian because she took it as a gift once before and didn't win it in battle the proper way and she's apprehensive about doing that again because of how easily it lost how easily lost it was last time i guess 
Well, I just have to wait till the next season to see, but she's obviously gearing up. I think up. there's more to the story. There definitely is. Yeah. So we'll probably find that out in season three. And then, of course, uh, a lone X-Wing comes flying into the hangar bay. And uh, this is the Jedi who Grogu called out to. And the second I'm watching this with my wife. and Did you know it was him? The second time? I saw it was just one X-Wing. And Cara Dune goes, it's just an X-Wing. So what? And I was like, oh! <laughs> <laughs> Hyperventilating. A-, a million people fly an X-Wing, but only one Jedi flies an X-Wing. <laughs> <laughs> and then like, it was confirmed for me like when I see the dark hood and I see the black yeah. tunic. Yeah. And then, of course, we finally get to see the color of the lightsaber that was green. And I was just like, I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. And I loved it. And everyone- now, let me ask you this. Okay. The fight scenes. Awesome. Did you notice that this fight mirrored a lot of Anakin Skywalker's fight scenes? That's what I was going to ask you. That's why I want to... Excuse me. I know the fight scenes were sick. I wanted to Dope. ask you about the fight scenes because of you know your 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 knowledge and wisdom of yeah. Star Wars and 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 Luke and all that stuff. But did it marry up to the previous Luke fights? No, it past? marries up to what I always read Luke as being when I read EU oh, novels and comic books and stuff. You, because. We always got to see Luke in training. Like he didn't actually become a full Jedi until until Return of the Jedi, and then yeah. we only get to really see him do one yeah, fight, that's and true. it's against a that's slow true. six foot seven asthmatic, yeah. you know, decrepit old yeah. man essentially. Yeah, no. And then another old man going yeah and shooting lightning at him. Right. He never got the chance to do this stuff. But when you read him in the books, he was always this. He was this juggernaut, essentially, like just just this just bastion of force power that was this unstoppable force, and he was everything that you would expect someone uh, brutal, but yet graceful and sexy at the yeah. same time. Like just it was all literally that. was lethal. Was I mean, he that. he he literally pulled out everything. But it was a great fight sequence. It was a great thing to have a lot of his moves mirror Anakin Skywalker's moves and mm-hmm. stuff. There's even a moment where one of the dark troopers shoots him when he's not looking and he flips the lightsaber behind his back and bounces the bolt right back at it and it's like that's that exact same thing happens in uh Revenge of the Sith. Anakin does that to to a to a droid. Yeah, and, I remember that. And it, it's like it, they did a great job of mirroring all that stuff. And it was such a it it was such a wonderful thing. And I know like a lot of people like were crying and stuff when Grogu was saying goodbye to Because Luke's taking him, y'all. He ain't coming back for a little while. But like everyone was crying when like Grogu was saying bye to the Mandalorian who have finally takes off his helmet and allows Grogu to see his face for the first time. Also mirroring That's Return- what really got me too. It, I was like, oh, it mirrors Return of the Jedi when Darth Vader says, Luke. Let me look on you with my own eyes. He takes the mask off and he looks at Luke and he dies. But yeah. no one's dying here, but it's mirroring that as well. It's like it's like the end of this chapter yeah. of this story. And next time it's gonna be completely different. Yeah. It's gonna be a, a sequel trilogy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, in a lot of ways. But and and you know, it was where, it where, was it was beautiful, but it was heartbreaking at the same time. Where I teared up was when R two D two showed up. Mm, yeah. That's when I teared up. Because it's like R2-D2 being there legitimizes this as essentially a Star Wars chapter, right? Like R2-D2 is literally a character who is in every single Star Wars movie with the exception of Rogue One and and, and Solo. And even then in Rogue One, he has a cameo for Christ's sakes. So it's a character like 
it legitimizes this as a chapter of the Star Wars story to have R two D two there. So that was the the one of really well that and he's R two D two and he's whistling at Grogu like you know I know I know Grogu no, was wasn't cute. going was... to leave the Mandalorian he's holding his legs sure. until a super cool fucking toy showed up <laughs> he's like I'm gonna go fucking play with that yeah and R two D two is a cool fucking yeah. toy and and they were talk I guess were they talking to each other or were they just kind of playing with yeah, each other yeah he's just playing with them whistling at him really dancing for him sure why not. They can. Okay. Ahsoka communicated with him without talking. Okay. Luke communicates with R2. And remember, he, he was born in a Jedi temple. We learned that about Kroger. Right, right. Yeah. So they could, yeah, okay. That it's makes It's possible sense. he knew yeah. what he was saying or what I, he was I, doing. Because I took it that they did know I think what it was just saying. more of just two cute things being cute together. And well, that's what made me go like, fucking adorable. Right. Maybe want to smash a frying pan over my face. It was so <laughs> fucking cute. <laughs> I just wanted to, to gouge my eyes out. Yeah. Because I'll never see anything like, as adorable I can't as that. All this. Yeah. Like, I'm about to have a kid soon, and I'm pretty sure that Grogu playing with R2-D2 is more adorable than anything that kid will ever do in a day in his life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. <laughs> yeah, you say that now. I say that now. <laughs> but no, I mean, I, I loved it. And then, of course, Jay, the after credit scene, where we learn that in the next, uh, in December of 2021, we will get the Book of Boba Fett. So after Boba Fett helps the Mandalorian infiltrate Moff Gideon's ship, he returns to Jabba's palace, and sitting in... In Jabba's place as the as the head of the crime syndicate, or at least the head of of Jabba the Hutt's crime crime syndicate, is Bib Fortuna, the old uh, the the old Major Dumo of Jabba the Hutt. And I love when he's just like Boba. I always knew that you poof, just fucking yeah. gets him, takes his seat on the throne, and. It's amazing that Star Wars gave us the ending to Game of Thrones that Game of Thrones never gave us, right? Like, Game of Thrones is all about getting the throne, but at the end, there's no final shot of someone sitting on the throne, and you're just like, bom, bom, yeah. here, Boba Fett takes the, takes the throne, and we get the, the, the Mandalorian theme, but darker, more baritone, more lower, and stuff like that. He takes his throne, and uh, we will get the Book of Boba Fett, in December of 2021. It's going to be a limited series, only a certain number of episodes, probably four to six episodes, and it will be premiering before The Mandalorian Season 3. So Dave Filoni and John Favreau are doing The Book of Boba Fett, and that'll be a miniseries. We probably okay. won't be getting The Mandalorian Season 3 until January, end, maybe? end of December, early January. Yeah. So. That's where it all ends, Jay. Where do you think this series is going from here before we before we get out? Like, the, do you have ideas? I mean, we we, we know I, that I, Katie I, Sackoff wants to take Bo Katan wants to take uh, Mandalorian back, Mandalore back from from whoever has I it. I don't know what the through line story thread will be because that used to be the previous two se- uh, yeah. two seasons where the, was the child getting the child broken. to a Jedi. That was the through line. Mission complete. I don't know what the through line is from here um however i do think it's going to be very episodic like yeah it obviously. has been and i think we're going to see a lot of the supporting characters come in and support these episodes without the child being there well we know from from the disney investors day thing that rangers ahsoka and this and the mandalorian and probably Book of Boba Fett will have. But I think you're also going to see more Star Wars lore sprinkled in as well. Well, they're all going to be leading to the same event, all of them. So, so you know, picture picture essentially um, Daredevil, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Iron Fist all leading to the Defenders. That's essentially what's going on with the Mandalorian Rangers and Ahsoka. They are all leading to the same 
I don't want to say conclusion, but they are all leading to a crossover story event that's going to involve all the characters from all three of those shows coming together against a single threat. So it's essentially Star Wars Avengers. Yeah. That's coming. Okay. That's interesting. And the only person that I could think Do you out think there, that'll work? Yeah. The only person I could think out there who is that level of threat, who is that Thanos level threat for Star Wars, is Grand Admiral Thrawn. I will start my operations here and pull the rebels apart piece by piece. They'll be the architects of their own destruction. It's gotta be leading to Grand Admiral Thrawn. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't know how they'll get there, but I just know that that's where it's leading. So, okay. okay. I, I, uh, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Grogu because he's gone, man. Yeah, but he left. You can't do. He'll be back, but you, do you think he's going to grow? And then he's just going to be like a little, like a little teenager looking kind of guy hope, with with actual hey, skills. Hey, he Groot. Whoa, well, you got some acorns on you, bud. Yeah, but <laughs> but he can't. He can't fight as a little fucking nothing on the floor. Like he can barely walk. I don't think he's gonna fight. You know, I don't think you need him to fight. So he I, just needs to be wise. I don't know. I don't know what he needs to do. But I, I, I know that you don't need Luke Skywalker to continue his story. That's something I do know. I agree. It's we not don't need to see Luke again. No, I, I think this was a nice surprise. Um, I think even as the creators, they probably shouldn't have hung on his face for as long as they did, and they definitely shouldn't have shown as much mouth movement because that's where the uncanny valley exists. I is agree in that mouth movement. I agree. You know, it's it, always the mouth, man. Just one word answers, and then you shoot him from behind as he's giving his lines, and that would work just as well because we know it's Luke. We saw his face. He said a thing, and now we're watching because him he looked behind. great when he wasn't speaking. Looked great when he wasn't speaking. Yeah, but you can't. You obviously can't live. on on that technology. You can't live and die by that technology. No, we're still way too far away from doing that. Yeah. So, it, um, it you know, y- you can't bring him back a, a lot. I mean, you I, maybe you give him another cameo here or there, but again, you don't show the face or anything like that. But I don't think Grogu's story is done because it's absolutely ridiculous to think that Star Wars and Disney would give up that much money. You know how much merchandise that... that no. That little green gremlin. You really has don't sold? think he's going to come back late in the in in uh, season three? I'm sure he'll come back. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Well, I'm talking season three. I'm talking about next season. Yeah, I'm sure the- he will. Okay, okay, because yeah. I definitely do. Yeah, you, I don't no know if it's going to be go, late. They're not going to go a whole season without the way Grogu. they said it. It was you know the way John Favreau did that interview with uh, with Entertainment Weekly was that like at the end of this season, you're going to see that we're kind of branching our storylines a little bit. So okay, we could follow Grogu. And we could follow the Mandalorian and the other Mandalorians that he's with. Because when he ends, when this ends, I mean, he a he has no ship. It was blown up by Moff Gideon. Yes. He he has no mission now. He has nowhere to go. And he, he essentially has nothing. All he has is the Darksaber now, which essentially means that he is the leader of the Mandalorians, according to them. Yeah. And the only place he has to go was with Bo-Katan. Back and and take Mandalore. Or what, what I would like to see is honestly in the next season, it is what this season started out to be: finding Mandalorians, getting a band back together. Okay, because I miss the heavy Mandalorian. We only got him in one episode in season one, right. but the heavy Mandalorian was fucking dope. That'll be 
Yeah, I know. It really was. <laughs> it was played by John Favreau. He had a giant fucking Gatlin gun. I know, he was I awesome. He was an awesome dude. Yeah. I look forward to let's, seeing him let's again. Bring that back. Let's bring that back. Yeah, 12 more months. Yeah. <laughs> a long time. Yeah, a long time. A whole year from now before it even starts. Dude, honestly, we're not even going to realize it because we're going to have so much shit to watch in 2021. It's true. It's true. We're not even going to be paying attention it's and true. missing The Mandalorian. I mean, I look forward to where they're going. At. I just, I just hope that they don't change the formula too much. I don't think they will. I don't think direction. they will. And I think they know that this is working. So why would the yeah. fuck would you change the formula? I and mean, that's what they're doing so well. Small stories small, inside of a larger story. But again, small changes. Right. You'll get that feedback very quickly. And it'll be very apparent if it works or it doesn't. And the nice part is like each episode is its own self-contained thing. Even though they are leading to to an, a, a conclusion or you know a, a season ending or something like that, and episodes build yeah. on top of each other, stack like Legos, yeah. but each one still stands yeah. on its own. It's its own yeah. shape. It's its own thing. If they ever got away from that, it's and very they, Dexter, yeah, right, and, <laughs> right. But if they ever got away from that and they got into doing the more seasonal storytelling, sure. If they got into like your Breaking Bad or your or your Soprano or your uh, Game of Thrones, where like each episode bleeds into the next, so you can watch them all. Like I don't think that. Works for this series. Episodic is the only way to go. It doesn't work for a lot. Like you know, you have to be a genius and and really pull off something like really incredible. And you have to have a certain kind of yeah. watcher. Most watchers are not into that kind of stuff. Not anymore. I don't think so. Um, you know, m- most people need to have that, especially open when it's weekly and shut episode. Yeah type content for the most part it's going to have an open to shut case especially when it's weekly like this too you're waiting every week oh, for a new without one a doubt, without like a doubt. that yeah you know, there's no i'm i'm a big i'm actually now because of this is the new normal right i do believe that i'm a big firm believer in that if you are going to structure your shit week by week you have to have this type of setup yeah for sure um if you can't do a breaking bad Week by week, not anymore. I don't think no. We're not, spoiled not by you streaming. Can't, you can't exactly. You, you can't do it anymore. The greatest. You're you're risking your show getting pulled off the air because the yeah. ratings just dipping dramatically. The, Doesn't the, matter how good you are. The great shows that you and I watched like ten years ago worked because yeah, because you know they. You yeah. have to throw it out there. Yeah. Let everyone binge it and fall in love with it. Yeah. Go crazy on social media for a week and then drool until the next two years when it drops again for season two i don't know so that's gonna do it for our mandalorian yes. review we look forward to where the adventures of dindajarin and grogu and i'm really and the mandalorian and the mandalorian dave no. i'm I'm, re- <laughs> I'm really looking forward to to boba fett i i i, I I, I think yeah like, it'll be fun I think Boba Fett is going to be it's a good uh, extension I look forward to that because some of my favorite characters are the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back you know that that motley crew of, of guys which I'm pointing to the toys which are right down there for Jay to look at mm-hmm. right by my Boba Fett helmet all you know this motley crew of guys like Bosk and IG-88 and Forlom and and Zuckus you know like these they, these these essentially these criminals these guys who are who are guns for hire I, I think Boba Fett might be getting his band back together to take over the, the the criminal underworld. It's obviously, you know, Jabba was a hut, and if Bib Fortuna was still working for the huts, he essentially just killed a crime boss for the mm. huts, who are some of the most powerful beings in the entire galaxy. He essentially put a target on himself, and I think he did it on purpose. <laughs> and I look forward to seeing how he and uh, you know, you know, Tamora Morrison playing him goes forward with this because I. 
my yeah one of my favorite characters and i finally got to see him do something fucking cool so if you would like to comment on anything we said during this episode if there's any easter eggs that we missed believe me there were a ton of easter eggs that we missed but since i saved it all for a season i kind of just like i kind of did like the best of easter eggs here Uh, there's a ton more but if you want to reach out to us on social media and discuss anything about the mandalorian you can reach me on twitter at SuperMoviePod. you can reach me on instagram super movie bros and twitter j underscore smb and facebook super movie bros podcast absolutely and then of course if you're enjoying this episode and you'd like to get more content from super movie bros you could check out our patreon it's patreon.com slash super movie bros podcast over there there you can get all the episodes that we release monthly uh for just one dollar you can get all the episodes we have over there of course we are part of a network we are part of the age of radio podcasting network check out us and all the other great shows that are part of age radio network at ageofradio.org i want to thank all of you for listening have a great one cheers cheers Cheers.